This is a Hot Pie Original. I had let everything go. I had let a lot of the stuff that I had been working on in my career kind of go to the side for this. Um, My marriage fell apart because neither one of us was spending enough time on it. Just everything was put into this one thing. And when the one thing fell apart, I was... I knew that I needed to take a step back and think about my trajectory and my goals and, and, and hit reset. Co-founder of Street Parking, former CrossFit Games competitor and mother of two, Miranda Alcaraz is co-leading a fitness movement built from passion and powered by community. In this episode, we discuss Miranda's unexpected journey from professional athlete to entrepreneur and how the biggest disappointment of her athletic career led to a fitness movement impacting thousands of lives across America. It's time for the It's Freaking Awesome Story of the Week, brought to you by The Festive Kitchen. Every week, we highlight stories of people who went above and beyond and thought about someone else before themselves. Now that is freaking awesome. This week, we're featuring Debbie Neal Strickland of Florida, who just two days after exchanging vows for her wedding, swapped her wedding dress for a hospital gown in order to donate a desperately needed kidney. The lucky recipient of the kidney? Debbie's brand new husband's former wife, Maylene Mirth. Maylene had just found out she's going to be a grandmother for the first time, and her kidneys were operating at just 8%. Without a transplant, her odds of survival decreased every day, so the hunt was on for a donor match. Maylene's brother wasn't a viable candidate, but miraculously, Debbie was. Debbie felt strongly about not wanting the grandbaby to be growing up without a grandmother, nor did she want her stepdaughter experiencing the grief of the loss of her mother while concentrating on the joys of new motherhood. Though a honeymoon wasn't in the cards for Debbie, giving the gift of life was. Awesome job, Debbie. Blessings to the newfound Kidney Sisters. But before we get to my interview with Miranda, right now, I just want to ask you something. Tell me if you know this story. You go out and spend hundreds of dollars on a fancy wearable device, hoping that it will help you achieve your wellness goals, and then it ends up in your sock drawer. Sound familiar? How about this? You follow those cookie cutter clickbait health recommendations like walking 10,000 steps, and all you get is anxious and demotivated when life gets in the way and you can't hit that magic number. It's time for an evolution of expectation and results. And that's where AIM7 comes in. AIM7 sets busy people free to live their values every day by building lifelong healthy habits. We use the health data from your Apple Watch to create small, scientific, personalized recommendations for whatever you want to do, whether that's sleep better, increase your energy, reduce your stress, or lose weight. If you're ready to finally unlock the power of your Apple Watch data, then go to www.aim7.com. That's A-I-M-7.com to get early access to our exclusive program. AIM7 starts small and starts with you, your health data, your values to get to your thriving life. Finally, if you're looking for information and resources to improve your health, well-being, and performance, then sign up for my free high-performance newsletter adaptation. Just go to www.ericcorum.com and sign up now. This newsletter is my effort to bring zero-cost, high-performance resources and tools to anyone with a desire to improve. But now, it's time to lean in and learn from the best. 
Well, Miranda, thank you so much for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Awesome. I'm super excited. This is uh this is fun. So I heard that your fitness, your dedication to training yourself literally saved your life at one point. Can you talk about that? Yeah, um, we're actually coming up on the nine year anniversary of that, which is just crazy. Um, nine years ago, almost to the day this month, I was in a car accident. I was T-boned. Just tr- I was working at a seminar for CrossFit. It was lunchtime. I left to go get everybody coffee. I was turning back into the gym. Lunch was almost over and I was T-boned by another car. I was in like a, a rental car too, like a small like Chevy Cruze, not, you know, not a heavy enough, good, solid car, I guess you could say. And um, yeah, I ended up with a broken neck in two places and a broken hand. And for actually like two weeks, I my the broken neck was undiagnosed. Um, I was taken to the hospital on like a spine board and I was complaining of neck pain and stuff like that, but they thought that it was just whiplash and um, let me go with just a a soft collar for my neck and some pain medication. And uh, it wasn't discovered that my neck was actually broken for like two weeks afterwards. And when they discovered it, it was actually the the doctor that was fixing my hand um, thought it was weird how long this whiplash was lasting for and ended up sending me to get an x-ray and then sending me to get an MRI. And they basically said, if you didn't have so much muscle in your neck, you for sure would have been probably paralyzed. You could have been killed in the accident. And then for the last two weeks, the muscle in your neck has been holding it together so that you're still walking around and you're still fine to this day. So it's pretty crazy. Was that, what was your first response to that whole situation? Um, which part of it, the initial accident or the, by the way, you have a broken neck, by the way, you have a broken neck and you could have died in the past two weeks. Um, initially I, I mean, it was, I was, I was shocked and like angry a little bit. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. at the doctors from the emergency room that just let me go. Um, And then immediately it was a realization of like, oh my gosh, I'm going into surgery. Like I had surgery that day, the day they found out that it was broken. They were like, you need it now. Like every minute hour that you're walking around like this is dangerous. So immediately it was like, am I still going to be able to have the lifestyle and and do the things that I love and enjoy? Because I mean, this, this is a surgery around my spinal cord, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So there was that, there was that fear for sure. Wow. And that was, a was it cervical vertebrae? Did you say C2? My C2. Yeah. They call it um, a hangman fracture because it's actually how your neck breaks when you, when people are hung or whatever. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, it's what severs your spinal cord. My goodness. Has it ever, uh, I mean, just from a, from a weird geek coach perspective, does it impact anything overhead or any type of movements that you do, or do you have to adjust anything? Yeah, it actually does. So my overhead mobility is terrible. Um, I mean, I shouldn't say terrible. I've definitely seen people with a lot worse, but for, for what I would like it to be, mm-hmm. I definitely have a lot of tightness around that area. I think a lot of it comes from the whiplash, even more than the break in the surgery, just a lot of scar tissue and stuff. Um, and then I do have a little bit of nerve damage. Um, like I get shaky hands in certain 
positions or like, even when I'm like trying to like, this is so cheesy, but like eat soup or whatever, my, my right hand will shake a little bit. And, and that's definitely what it's from. Um, but overall, I mean, for how serious of an injury it was, like it, it hasn't hindered me from being able to do anything that I've wanted to be able to do. Wow. That's a pretty amazing story. Um, you've also had another injury that was career changing, life changing. Um, and I don't want to just highlight your injuries, but it's kind of seems like in life, like, you know, like when we've had, you know, I ruptured a pec and that made me change things, you know, from a football perspective, but usually for athletes, you know, when you get injured, you have to adjust some stuff, but, um, your CrossFit career and you, you competed at the highest level. You made it to the CrossFit games and you three times, um, but you tore your ACL in 2015. And I heard you talk about this and you said that you had to realize some very harsh things. What were some of those things? Yeah. So the the neck injury was in 2012 and I was able to come back the next season and still compete. Um, I didn't compete in the games that next season, but I did compete at regionals and placed uh, the same place that I got the uh, couple weeks before the year before. So um, that was really cool. And then I continued my, my competition career. And then in 2015, I was on a team and we, it was like when teams in CrossFit, so teams were kind of like a sideshow in CrossFit up until about 2014, 2015. And in 2015, two former champs decided both to go team the same year. And I think they were one and two on the podium the year before. So it was like this really big deal. And, and I was on the team with one of them, Jason Kalipa who was really well known. Um, and our team was just stacked. It was awesome. We had, it was a real group. We had been working out together for years and we were super close, super tight, love training together. And we were on track to win, like at regionals set all sorts of records, just, you know, finished workouts minutes before the other teams and things like that. It was, it was amazing. It was like, Oh my gosh, this team's going to come in and win. So on Saturday afternoon, we had already been competing for two days and we were like a hundred points ahead of all the other teams. And we were like, this is playing out perfectly, like exactly what we thought, you know, and we, it was like this really cool experience for all of us. And, um, there was an, an event on Friday morning and, uh, it was a one remax clean and jerk and we were already pretty wrecked, um, sore from some of the other events. And, uh, I completed one clean and jerk, which is all we needed. We just all needed one solid lift, honestly. Like we just had to hold our position at that point and I got it and it felt, it was a little shaky or whatever, but I still had time. And I was like, whatever, I, I have time. Let me add some weight to the bar. And then on the second clean, I, I, it was a power clean and it wasn't like ugly. I mean, we've all seen some crazy lifts it didn't look bad or anything like that, but I just felt my knee do something really weird. Like, was this a full yeah. clean or a power clean catch? I mean, I just power cleaned it because okay. our legs were so messed up and sore. And right. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a power clean lover, I guess. I'm not going to squat unless I have to. Yeah. And so I cleaned it and I felt something weird. So I just dropped it. And immediately I knew I was like, Oh no, I wasn't in pain. I didn't hear anything. Cause it was loud. There was a crowd and music and everything. But I just knew, like I had felt, I was like, oh, that, whatever that was, that wasn't good. Mm -hmm. So I was scared to walk on it and just went down to all fours, changed the weight on the bar like I was supposed to for the next person, like crawling <laughs> around the platform um, and crawled off. And then they took me to medical and, and checked me out and told me that I had a complete ACL tear. 
Um, I wasn't in pain at all. And I, I guess they told me that it's because you completely tore it. Like if it was still kind of hanging on, it would hurt. But because I had completely torn it, I would end up in pain later. But in the moment I was fine. So of course I'm like, okay, well we have a day and a half left or two and a half days left. Like we're winning. This is, I've been training for this for so long. Like we're going to win the CrossFit games, like wrap up my knee, do whatever you got to do yeah, and let us go back out there. And um, they were just like, no, like we can't, we can't let you continue. Like it's not. Um, and the way that the teams work uh, in CrossFit was you have an alternate, you have a sub, but the only time when you can use that sub is before the CrossFit games start. So if somebody gets injured in training up to the, day that it starts, you can be like, Hey, we got to pull in one of our subs. Cause so-and-so got hurt training. Once it starts, there's no subs. Mm. And so my team of five people were like, well, we're going to do it without her then like, let us continue to compete. And they, and they did. And they actually ended up placing 10th place overall, which is just insane. Like they were beating teams, like pushing a heavy sled with only five people. They were, it, they were incredible. Um, but it was a huge, let down for all of us. It was a really sad, like still like the like laces out Dan, like Ace Ventura, like playback like <laughs> story of just like, oh my gosh. And um, you know, I was I think 30, let's see, I was 33, I think at the time or 32. And um kind of came to the realization of like this was the this was the chance. And it's not that I couldn't, that people can't rehab an ACL or, Mm -hmm. you know, but I had other goals for my life. Like I, I wanted to be a mom and I wanted to do other things with my career. And I was just kind of like, this was the chance. I kind of checked the box that I knew we could win. Like I knew that we could. And I just felt at that moment, like I need to figure out what's going on. And I, um, I had been, I was married for nine years before, like, I had let everything go. I had let a lot of the stuff that I had been working on in my career kind of go to the side for this. Um, My marriage fell apart because neither one of us was spending enough time on it. Just everything was put into this one thing. And when the one thing fell apart, I was, I knew that I needed to take a step back and think about my trajectory and my goals and, and, and hit reset. Hmm. Um, and it was a great, that day, it didn't feel like a great opportunity for me to grow as a person. That yeah. was definitely one of the harder days, but um, it, I wouldn't be where I am now without, uh, without it. Um, thank you for sharing that. Um, <laughs> you also said in there that, you know, there was some humility that maybe needed to take place. Is that kind of part of it too? Like that everything had been wrapped up in this thing and, or what, what was the humility issue or, I guess, pride issue that you were struggling with. Yeah, I think um, whether it's sports or whether it's a milestone in business or amount of money that you make or whatever, I think people attach themselves to these goals and they think if only I could just get this, like if I can just focus and get this, then everything's going to be worth it or everything's going to be okay and everything. And the truth is like, even if we would have won the CrossFit Games two days later, I would have still been in this like, situation where I had let all this other stuff fall apart. Like what, what is that really going to do for me? I was already really well known in the space. I wasn't going to become more famous in CrossFit or anything like that. All of that had already happened for me. 
So it was just, honestly, it was probably more of a distraction from that, from the realizations that I should have been making Mm -hmm. and an excuse not to think about those things. Um, So, yeah. You know, you hear of a lot of coaches, athletes that reach the mountaintop and then they say, is that it? And, uh, you know, I've worked with a lot of those coaches and, um, I realized personally, I didn't want, you know, I have this box full of rings, right. From the years of, cha- and, and these, and these watches, like in football, when you go to a bowl game or win a championship, you get a ring and a watch. And mm-hmm. when I'd go over to coaches houses, you'd see these big display cases of rings and watches and their families are falling apart. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to be that guy that is like old and gray and has a bunch of rings and watches and no, my kids aren't there to, you know? And so I think I'm very appreciative of you sharing that because it crosses a lot of things. Like you said, business sports for yourself, being successful, that there's more to this. And I want to circle back to that later because what you're doing now really kind of brings all these things together. Um, in, and this was kind of the Genesis or very quickly after that is when street parking began right in 2016 yeah so the acl in 2015 and um shortly after i actually ended up moving um i was in northern california at the time in san jose and honestly i i needed a change of scenery because it was it was painful to me for me to even be training at that same gym. I felt I don't know if guilty is the right word, but I I was embarrassed. I was um upset that I had maybe let our community down at the gym cuz everybody was like just so excited for us to win and nobody acted that way toward me. That was like all my own thing, but I I feel like as part of my reset I just needed to go somewhere else. And so I moved to Southern California. I was working still for CrossFit. Um, I was also working for a supplement company, um, managing their athletes, like their sponsored athletes and, uh, met my now husband, um, there who was also a CrossFit games athlete that same year, but we had just never met each other. Um, he competed as an individual and, uh, yeah, we started dating. I was traveling a lot. I, I had, I was not trying to compete anymore. And I had made that pretty clear on my social media and had started posting more workouts that were much simpler than what people were used to seeing from me, whether it was hotel gym workouts or workouts with Julian, my husband in his garage or at my apartment uh, gym. And I saw a different type of interaction on my own social media that I was used to. And it was like, Oh, Hey, like, this is really cool. Like people tagging each other. Like we should do this. We could do this at our house or I could do this with when I travel or thank you so much for posting this. And, um, I think I told you last time when we spoke uh, before is I've always considered myself to be a, a coach. I never really identified as an athlete. I've been a coach since I was 18 years old in mm. some form or fashion in fitness. Um, and so for me, I've always wanted to be able to help people on their journey. And it's part of why I shared so much about my neck rehab and my knee rehab and all of that stuff. So the idea for street parking came from when I started posting more simple workouts for people. Interesting. And I think it's really interesting. So we had talked previously that your background was actually in interior design. Am I correct? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, uh, I went to school for interior design and I was, um, 
like a spin and like kickboxing instructor while I was in school. And by the way, I love your background and the the passports are just spectacular. And I'm going to steal that idea for my house one day. Um, I, I just think it's, it's, it's lovely. You want to explain real quick what that is? It's, you said it's. Yeah. If you guys are watching the actual video, I guess um, the, the pictures behind me are blown up versions of my passport because mm. for eight years when I worked for CrossFit, I went everywhere. I mean, all over the map. And so that passport is now expired and I've got to get a new one. And, and I didn't want that to go to waste because there's so many good memories and, you know, just something cool to show my kids and who knows, I mean, travel is kind of weird now. So these might be like really cool <laughs> to show. At some point. Yeah, no question. Cause you may need multiple passports to go anywhere. Um, yeah. <laughs> so you started noticing and what I say, what the reason I brought the interior design thing is like, you didn't have like formal business training. Um, oh, no. <laughs> so the, it's very interesting to me that you had the, uh, you were seeing like you basically your MVP for your company was posting, um, your workouts and that you actually noticed the communication and the community that it was building. When did you decide to go, you know what, uh, let's make this a business. Yeah. So I had done similar things like that before. Actually, the the group of us that trained together, our team, for a short period of time, we had um, a blog where we would post all of our workouts. Several members of our team were pretty well known um, in the CrossFit community. And some of the stuff that we would do, we were kind of known for just we were kind of known for flying by the seat of our pants as far as like programming goes. Okay. And so, and, but we were also a, a lot of big personalities. And I thought back then, this was like 2013, I think 2014, I was like, you know what? People would love to see what we're doing. And so we would make, I would make videos and put them on Instagram of us. And like, here's what we did today. Here's what our scores were. Like, we just made this up like right before we did it. And we had a little community. We did one like, gathering where people paid, I think it was like a thousand dollars to come work out with us for two days. Um, and it was, and so I how many people came to that? Oh, I want to say like, I, I think we capped it. I can't remember if you it was like 50 it. people like that. Yeah. We definitely capped it, uh, just so that we didn't have more people than we had equipment for and stuff, you know, my goodness, keep going. This is good. <laughs> Yeah. And so I've always just kind of had, and I, and I think I told you, I owned a gym in Utah also from 2008, 2011. So you're right. No formal business training, but always a mind for wanting to build community. I guess I I could say, I Mm -hmm. should say. Um, And the only reason that that we called it the NC lab, because we were at uh, NC CrossFit. Um, the only reason that that fell apart is because the guys didn't want me posting their workouts anymore. Cause they started worrying that people were going to like do them. And then I don't know, beat them. I don't know. They wanted, they didn't like how open we were being. So I shut it down. And, um, so this was just another version of that idea, I guess. And I don't know that it, the idea for it to ever to be like a business, like that we intended on growing and doing for a long time was ever talked about before we started it. It was like, Hey, people like these workouts. We should like hook up with one of these logging platforms so that they can log their scores and see what other people are getting and, and, and communicate with each other. And we were like, it'd be really cool if we had like this small, like hundred person community that we can like 
be friends with and chat with yeah. and compare scores with. And that was like as far as it was thought out. Um, and so we did that. We linked up with Wattify only because it was the platform that I was most comfortable with because it was the one that the gym that I was training at at the time used and it was cheap. And we set it up and opened up registration. And by the end of the first month, we had like 700 members. You know, what's so beautiful and, about and this. The best businesses are built on community. And oh yeah, like if you had lightning in a bottle and you didn't even know it. <laughs> well, that's the other funny part of this story. I don't even know if I told you this. So we, I started an inst- a separate Instagram page, separate from my page. And one thing that I've always, I don't know how I learned this. I think it's very important, especially for anyone who's an athlete with a big name who wants to create a business. Um, I knew that my, it shouldn't be my name. Like for some reason, I, I don't know where I picked this up, but like, it can't be like Miranda's like at home fitness thing, which is what everybody does because they feel like it's the best way to grow it quickly. Um, so we named it street parking, which is basically like if you turn your garage into a gym, you end up parking your car in the street. And so I started the street parking Instagram on like November 18th of 2016. I was out of town. I was actually in the Cook Islands doing like, um, I was like a, a, an, a, I was like doing like an appearance. Like I was hanging out with this group of people that traveled to the Cook Islands and they had me come out there as like a guest, like athlete, like make it cooler or something. <laughs> Anyway, so I, the very first workout that I put on street parking was me working out on the beach with this kettlebell that I had taken from the hotel gym. And I was doing like box jumps on like a picnic table bench. And that was the very first post. Um, two days later, I come home and found out that I was pregnant. And so I was like, <laughs> well, there goes that idea. <laughs> like, I, I was known in our community for a very specific physique and a fitness level. And I was like, well, in my mind, it had never occurred to me that this would be a great program for parents. Mm-hmm. It was not something that I had thought about at all because it's not something that I thought about at all in my life. Like, this pregnancy was not planned. Um, this was also about three days after Julian and I moved in together. Like it was just all of this like exploded (laughs) at once, but the pregnancy had the exact opposite impact on the community and the community would not be what it is today. If that timeline wasn't exactly what happened. Um, So did Julian pick up the ball and start doing the workouts instead, or did you do it all the way through like eight, nine months you know what I'm saying? Yeah, so it was yeah, it was definitely both of us the whole time, but he actually ended up competing. I don't maybe you don't know this story. He ended up competing in regionals in 2017 as an individual. Didn't know this. He wasn't Yeah, he wasn't Oh, you're going to love this. He wasn't going to do the open. So Julian is my husband. He had qualified for the games in 2015 as an individual and competed. In 2016, he didn't make it. Um and then in 2017, he was like, I don't know, like I'm kind of over it, like we we work out at home. Like I probably won't even like qualify for regionals. If I do the open, I was like, well, you might as well do it. Like you're going to do the workouts anyway. So he signed up, he qualified for regionals, goes to regionals. And like, we realized in between open and regionals that the first day of the CrossFit games was, um, two days after my baby's due date. And so 
I was like, well, if you qualified, would you go? And he was like, absolutely not. First of all, I'm not going to qualify. Second, I'm not going to miss our child's birth to go to the CrossFit Games. Like, come on. He goes and he qualifies for the CrossFit Games. So now he has to really make this decision. <laughs> yeah. It was the, honestly, this was like another, like, you could not pay a marketing company any amount of money for this. So he's wearing a street parking shirt, which was still very not well known. Like it was still very early on. It was like six months into street parking. He's wearing a street parking shirt when they announce this dude just qualified and has chosen not to go so that he can be present in the birth of his first child. Mm -hmm. And people were sobbing, like crying. Um, His, his spot ended up going to the next guy, the guy who was in like sixth place. And it was just like, probably one of the more well-known moments mm. for sure of that year. Um, and uh, so that was another thing. I mean, we still have people to this day that say, I joined the day that I saw that because I knew I wanted to be a part of what you guys were doing. You connected um, with people on a real level. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick second to thank one of our awesome sponsors. Let's talk about the snack that's freaking addicting. It's freaking awesome. Well, it is freaking awesome, but that's actually the name of the snack. It's freaking awesome. It's freaking awesome is a nosh snack bag, a sweet, salty, crunchy snack with a kick. This snack has corrupted the palates of NCAA athletes to 87-year-old grandmothers. So if you have a road trip coming up or there's someone you want to tell they're freaking awesome, then order now online at itsfreakingawesome.com. It tastes as cool as it sounds. Brace yourselves. You'll be ordering frequently for your monthly freaking fix. The good news is now they have a freaking monthly subscription. It's freaking awesome is dedicated to snacking it forward. Each pouch features one of our fallen heroes and 30 cents from every unit sold is donated to carry the load. A charity founded by Clint Bruce benefiting those who have given the ultimate sacrifice in our military firefighters, police, and rescue personnel. Available online at itsfreakingawesome.com. That's I-T-S-F-R-E-A-K-I-N, awesome.com. Let me ask you, how did how did CrossFit um, respond or were they cool with him wearing that shirt? Did it really matter? Yeah, back then, um, one of the at regionals, one of the ways that um, sponsored athletes could rep the brands that were sponsoring them was to wear whatever they wanted at regionals. At the okay. games, they had to wear the uniforms, but at regionals, it was it was wear whatever you want. Mm. And I still, to this day, have a great relationship with CrossFit and the and my old bosses there and everything. And I don't us included, nobody expected it to be what it is, even street parking, what it is today. I think then maybe we had like eight or 900 members and it was like a fun online program and not a, not a big deal. I mean, to me, it's still not a big deal, but it's just, you know, you're so in it that I don't know. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. Um, and especially with the video content you guys are putting out, which is spectacular. Like anybody listening to this needs to go follow Miranda, go follow street parking. Like the video content alone is hilarious. You guys do a great job. Your branding is spectacular. Um, why is street parking? So first of all, why don't you tell people what street parking is? Okay. So street parking is basically, like I said before, um, it's a program that is, designed specifically for people who don't have access to a lot of equipment um, and want to work out at home or people who just maybe you don't like 
the gym atmosphere. Maybe you aren't close enough to a gym for it to make sense for you. Maybe the class times are just never something that works for you. Maybe you travel a lot. Um, And so it kind of started out with this idea of there's three versions of the daily workout. They're not levels. It's just based on what equipment you have available to you. So if you have a pair of dumbbells and a jump rope, you can do all of our programming. Um, If you have a barbell and plates and a pull-up bar and that kind of stuff, then we'll show you the version of the workout that would be for you to do with that stuff. If you've got access to a full gym or you've like decked out your home gym so much, you've got a rower and a bike, we'll include that as well. Um, And that's kind of like the framework that it started. And then we ended up adding accessory programs and we ended up adding like a more um, simplified version of the workout for people who might have never done this type of training before or people who are pregnant. I mean, you know, we saw the need for that because I was pregnant, like you said, doing the workouts and stuff. And so it's definitely grown, but that basic framework is just, hey, it's one workout, but here's it shown three different ways with all sorts of like, we call them customizations. Um, CrossFitters oftentimes call it scaled scaled movements or scaling it. We like customizations because it sounds cooler and like you're not making it easier necessarily. You're just choosing what's right for you. Modifications. Uh, yeah, modifications. Yeah. And so, and I had been a coach for so long that I really, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to give everybody, I can't give the in-person coaching and the feedback. I, we can't, like, mm-hmm. it's just not possible, but I can give you all the tools that any good coach in person should be giving you every day in class. I, we can deliver through video content and through written descriptions and things like that. And that was, that's been our goal from the beginning. I love it. So who would you say is your target audience? Honestly, um, anybody, we, one of the terms that we use a lot or one of our hashtags is uh, control your fitness. Mm. And in 2020, this came out really, uh, it became really obvious how important it is for people to just have a basic knowledge of how to be in control of their fitness, no matter what their circumstances are. Um, So whether you're somebody who works out at home all the time or whether you just want to, maybe you have a a set of dumbbells stashed in the corner for days that you don't make it to the gym or for periods of time where you're super busy or when you travel, you know that you probably are always going to be able to find a pair of dumbbells. Um, Anybody who sees value in having tools for those situations, whether it's all the time or sometimes, It's not a specific fitness level. I'll tell you who it's not for. It's not for anybody who's trying to be a professional athlete. Okay. (laughs) Okay. And it's not for anybody um, who doesn't genuinely want to make change or to sustain a healthy lifestyle. Those two ends of the spectrum, we are not for. Everybody in between can find a place and find programs uh, that work for them within what we've got. I love it. Uh, I like the inclusivity and I also like the exclusivity because you can't serve everybody. You really can't. Um, no, no sustainable business can serve everybody. Um, what I really, you know, a, a, a friend of ours, a common friend of ours, Mario, uh, told me to start following you. And uh, this is a while ago. I was like, oh, OK, so I started following you and I've never really followed anybody from that world <clears throat> that came out of CrossFit. What I was attracted to was uh, it, I'm a parent. I have three kids. My wife and I are both. My wife's a former college athlete. We both we all do jujitsu. That's our family thing. 
And um, what I love was is like how accessible your training was, but also you shared your life and you were real and authentic. And uh, one of the, I kind of, I think I entered in, I've seen different times when you were pregnant um, and then uh, post post pregnancy and how you navigated that. And then you sharing like, you know, what I eat every day. And like, I, I say, uh, this is something I've been wanting to ask you. It's like once a week you eat three slices of pizza. Yeah, we had some last night. I actually had three slices of pizza last night. Is that is that a lot or is that no, like, no? I, I don't. Know I just love the fact that you're like you're not like you're not living like you you eat healthy, right? But you also like yeah. go to Starbucks. Uh, you're not drinking like the whip mocha frappuccino, whatever it is. But you know, you eat pizza three. You know, you go have pizza once a week, and like it's a very balanced life. That's you know what I'm saying. It's like you you you're you're not living something that people can't um, relate to. Um, and I just, I just loved how you shared the honesty of that. I noticed that you have a postpartum program on the site. Is that, that grew out of your experience and then other mothers reaching out being like, Hey, this is something I struggle with. Can you help me with that? Um, yes. So as a coach, I think it's important and I'm sure you'll agree with this to know what you know and know what you don't know. Mm Mm-hmm. I have no experience in training other pregnant people or postpartum. Like I don't have education. I do more now. Like I've taken some courses and stuff now, but um, I paid for and hired people to help me through my first pregnancy because I don't know that stuff. Mm. Um, And I saw value in that. Um, So we do have a postpartum program and we do have pregnancy modifications and stuff like that. Um, those are all put together by our coach, uh, Carolina Stone, who used to be a birth fit regional director, and she's mm-hmm. got several certifications and things like that. So that whole program is designed by her and I followed it. And some of, uh, one of our other coaches who's well known, she followed it as well. Um, but she has like a whole separate Facebook group where she's answering questions and helping with that kind of stuff. And so that all comes from her. I love just the fact that you like you saw a need and you filled the gap, like you filled that need for other people. And I think that's that's really that means that you're listening to people and you're serving them in a very u- unique way. You guys have a thriving business. Um, the It's just a really cool deal. How are you balancing being a mom, an entrepreneur, and then also trying to maintain a strong marriage and relationship with your husband that you also work with? <laughs> Uh, I mean, I don't know that balance is ever like a, a word that is, it's not attainable for sure. There's definitely seasons where I'm more focused on mom stuff and then more focused on the business stuff. And um, we have a very, uh, my husband and I work very well together um, and we take equal share of both things. Um, so he's very much involved in the, in the parenting and he, um, my my work inside of uh, street parking is more people rely on me and are waiting for me. He's the he's the creative mind behind the the videos that you were talking about. Um, his schedule isn't as structured, or he doesn't have as many Zoom calls as I do. I guess I should say. Okay. Um, he has a little bit more flexibility. So yeah, he's the one that takes the knocks to his Montessori school and drops uh, Banner, the younger one, off at his mom's house. And we both are up in the middle of the night with them if they're not sleeping and we, you know, we both feed them and we both all of it. Um, So that helps a lot, obviously. Um, Having his mom live so close to us and watch them is huge because it's not, 
I, I, I can't imagine, and I know it's so common, but just dropping your kids off at a daycare, that it would feel much more difficult to me than dropping them off at grandma's house. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, you just kind of do it and you kind of, you just have to reevaluate and check in and, and make sure that you're not, that I'm never going to get back to that place where I was before, where it's like, oh my gosh, street parking has 50,000 members, but my kids never hang out with me and they're sad or, you know, I'm not paying attention to them and, and stuff with the marriage. I think because I allowed that to happen before, I'm much more aware of making sure that it doesn't happen again. Do you guys have like a rhythm of uh, like some of my friends, like they, like some guys I know it's like, you know, date weekly uh, retreat monthly or, or like getaway monthly and like annually, like go away by yourselves. Do you guys have like a rhythm for yourselves of like, Hey, we need to, like, we're going to go out on a date and it's just you and me. There's no street parking. There's no kids. It's just us. Have you guys figured that kind of routine out at all? Or I know the pandemic was weird. So. Yeah. The, so we haven't traveled together. We haven't been on a trip, just the two of us since like um August of 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that was also right before I was pregnant with Banner. So part of that, the non-travel and not going alone is because I was pregnant or had a brand new baby. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have pizza every Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we have breakfast together every Monday, just the two of us actually. And we do talk about street parking and work, but it's, we both um, love it so much. Like it's a passion project. It's not just a business for us. Mm. And we, we definitely have times where one person will start talking about it and the other one will be like, I don't want to like, can we talk about something else? <laughs> yeah. That happens. Yeah. Um, and then Sundays for our family, we are, we're very strict on Sunday's family day and no work and, and that kind of thing, which is awesome. I love to hear that because we do the same thing in our house. Like a good friend of mine, he's actually a minister, but he uh, shared this story. It was the old New York Times, the New York Times magazine. There used to be uh, a magazine within, sorry, the New York Times. There was a magazine inside the New York Times that came out on Sundays. And there was a great article he shared with me on this. Uh, she was, she's a non-practicing Jew. And she just said like, she used to, you know, Sabbath day, she would like take a, you know, when she grew up, there was like on Saturdays, you just don't do anything. Right. And then she got older. It was like, she just worked all seven days a week. And what she found was, is even like the times when she was looking to rest, like the things that were supposed to be relaxing to her were not. And she was burning out. And it's like, whether you have a faith or don't have a faith, in anything like having a day where you just like, I'm putting work away like just refills you. And then you have so for me, I find I have so much more passion and energy when I hit it hard Monday. Cause on Sunday, when I'm not thinking about work, all of a sudden these ideas start coming in and I'm just like, okay, I got to just write this down and I'll deal with it on Monday. Do you find that same creative inspiration just happens when you're not thinking about work? Yeah, absolutely. Actually the idea came when Julian and I were like in Belize on some like romantic vacation when we were dating it was like, oh, we should like turn it into this. And then um, we did a um, summer camp uh, with our members in 2019, where we had like 300 adults at this like kid summer camp sleeping in bunk, bunk beds. And like, it was just like this huge gathering. Of Street parking, parking as a summer camp? Oh, yeah. What's it called? It's Street Parking Summer Camp. <laughs> where do you do this? <laughs> in New York. So I... It's super random. When I was 18, I went to New York to work at a summer camp for kids. And uh, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. In Utah, that's where I'm from. There wasn't stuff like that. But yeah. I know it's super common on the East Coast. 
And ever since then, I was like, this would be so cool to do with adults. And I want, it's something I wanted to do. So in 2019, yeah, we had a street park and summer camp. Um, it was like 250 or 300 members and we put them in bunk beds and put them on teams. And they were like doing like dodgeball tournaments and like slip and slides into like pools of jello and like scavenger hunts. And just, I mean, we worked out, but that's not, that wasn't the point of it. The point yeah. was like adult summer camp. But anyway, the idea for that came, I think, all on an, on another trip um, where, yeah, I mean, our staff honestly gets a little nervous if I have more sleep than I'm used to or more time <laughs> off because I always come back with some sort of like crazy idea. But yeah, this the summer camp we've had to cancel it the last two years, but it will be back. It's popular. That is a really, really cool idea. Um, so what is on the horizon for street parking? Like what, what, what is the, anything cool coming up or you guys are working on or how, how do you continue to grow this community? You know what I'm saying? Like, what are you seeing? It's just selfishly as a business owner, like community, like what for me, for one of our core values of our company is community. We believe that life is not meant to be lived alone. Um, how, like that is, seems to be the essence of it. like, I'm not in street parking, but I feel like I'm a part of it. Like, I love the videos. I'm like, I can see the people in the garages. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, what is coming on the horizon? Like, how are you continue to foster this thing? Yeah, so I think a lot of people try to force community. And online, I think it's even more awkward when they try to, like, force this idea. I think you just have to pay attention to the members. Like you have to read the comments, you have to read the Facebook posts and almost like watch as an observer to see what people need and kind of the direction that they're taking it on their own. Um, we have been developing an app for logging um, because Wattify is just, it's meant to be an app that gyms use with 200 people at their affiliate, not <laughs> 35,000 people logging. So we've like We've like broken it a few times or they say like anytime they try to run a report in our office, like it shuts down the at Wattify <laughs> app for everyone else. And so been, like screw street parking. We've been, <laughs> <laughs> we've been developing that for a while. It's a lot of work, um, but just a better logging system that is more to what our members need and what our staff needs. So that's obviously a big undertaking. Um <laughs> Getting back to building community in in-person meetups and stuff like that is something that we're talking a lot about right now after 2020. Um, and then the other thing that we've been playing around with is my husband and several members of our staff actually are fluent Spanish speakers. Mm. And so for us, part of the reason that street parking is successful also is because of our price point. It's $19 a month. Um, and we have <laughs> added so much to our program since its inception and have never raised our prices, not because we couldn't and people wouldn't pay it, but part, part of our goal and our mission is to bring this level of um, coaching tools to people who will never be able to afford it otherwise. Mm. Like they're not at a gym because they can't afford a gym. Um, and I'm not talking about like a gold's gym or anything like that. I'm talking about like a yeah. CrossFit gym with coaching. Yeah. It's expensive. Yeah, it is. And so, um, the Spanish speaking community, a lot of people are in that position and um, we have staff who speak. So not that we would do the whole program in Spanish, but adding Spanish options to some of our tools, the movement library and some of the workouts and the coaching tips and stuff is something that we've been working on as well. You should come visit me in Houston. We'll kick it off. 
<laughs> for sure. I'll have a lot of my Spanish speaking friends down here would probably love to get in on some street parking. Um, so every episode, we ask a couple questions. And the first one is, is what does high performance mean to you? High performance to me is, is all, it all comes down to accountability and um, whether that's, and it's just being honest with yourself because you can't achieve any level of greatness or high performance or whatever you want to call it in anything. If you're constantly lying to yourself about where you're at. And so to me, it's like a very high level of accountability. Um, to continue to grow. That's really a unique answer. I really like that lying to yourself, uh, doing a really good self-assessment. It's kind of like people that want to lose weight <clears throat> and they're, you know, like, Oh, well, I, I, you know, I've been eating right Monday through Friday, you know? <laughs> and then like, you know, you can self-sabotage and sometimes you need somebody else to, to be, you know, also you said earlier, which I thought was really unique you didn't know how to train yourself through pregnancy. So you hired a coach. I think that's a great example to set uh, for everybody that no matter how high up you go, in whatever profession you're in, everybody needs some coaching and a little bit of accountability. So that's great. Next thing, what are you doing <clears throat> or what hot habits or practices have you adopted to keep you performing at your best? Like are there, are there habits or things that you're doing consistently to make sure that you're on your A game? Yeah, I mean, I think the obvious would be a lot of the like nutrition and fitness and all of that stuff. Um, that's the those things are so second nature to me now that it, I, I want to answer with something uh, more useful or something that I'm working on now. Um, I have started doing like morning, like look at me with my hands, meditation and just like, uh, as a mom, as a business owner, and as a person who like, I'm just, I constantly have ideas and I'm so excited about what we're doing. It's really hard for me to slow down and, um, to just be present. And so I've, I've started adding in that I've started taking, um, I actually, it actually started when I was pregnant with my second, I was going on these really long walks just through our neighborhood and not having my phone be a part of it. Um, so slowing down and, and learning how to be present has been really important as a parent and just as a person. I love it. My good friend, Dr. Peter Haberl says, attention is the currency of performance. And so if you can mm -hmm. put your attention on what you want it to be on, then you can perform. And I understand that scattered brain. That That's a hard thing to deal with. Um, you just you just took my next question. Like, how are you growing right now? Uh is there anything else like, do you read, uh, do you listen to audiobooks? Do you, how do you find and seek information to help you grow? Yeah, I love that. There are a lot of podcasts, um, that I enjoy and they kind of send me down a rabbit hole. Like you'll be on a podcast or you'll be listening to a podcast and maybe the person on the podcast you think is really great. And then they mention a book and now I'm mm. listening to that book. And then in the book, they mention another book or you, you seek out podcasts with the author of the book and then they mention this other podcast. And so there's not like one specific one that I listen to. Mm -hmm. I just end up, you know, following 
where I'm guided, I guess, by the things that are interesting and stand out to me. I do a lot of audio. Um, sometimes I will listen to that kind of stuff on my walks. I listen to that kind of stuff a lot when I'm driving or even when I'm like doing my hair and my makeup and stuff like that. What subjects do you like to uh, learn about? For me, I like a lot of the fitness and nutrition stuff. Um, obviously I have a pretty good grasp on a lot of that and a, and a pretty good education. So for me now it's a lot of, um, community building stuff. It's a lot of business stuff because all of that is very new to me. And I know I have so much to learn and, and so far to grow in that. And then I let, there's a lot of parenting stuff that I'll listen to as well, actually. Yeah. That's a big part of your life. <laughs> yeah. Now you got these two boys that you and Julian get a, to to mold and and direct and that that's a big responsibility that's it's probably the biggest one of them all do you love being a mom i do i love it i mean i actually wasn't sure um all through my 20s for sure if i was gonna have kids i wasn't um necessarily like hardcore one way or the other i kind of had a hard time picturing it and it was definitely a question um for me and then when uh when I was single for a very short time, I, when I was like 33, it was after the, the CrossFit games in 2015, I knew that I wanted to be a mom. Um, but I didn't know how I was going to be a mom now. So I thought about adoption. And so all this, and, um, no one could have prepared me for how special it is. Um, and had I known how special it is, I wouldn't have ever been in that mode of questioning it. I don't think, mm. um, but it changes you completely as like, I tell people all the time, I feel like I have like multiple personalities because my net, my natural state and what I've been used to up until this point is uh, someone who has a full-time job and then like a side hustle and then like the side hustle, side hustle, and also trying to be an athlete. And like, that's me as a person. And if I didn't have those boys and I had street parking, I would work day and night mm. and be totally happy doing that. Like not like in like a depressing workaholic way. Like I would be stoked about it, but I, sometimes I'm like, you know what? I just want to be a stay at home mom and only be with them. And like, and it's crazy to hear myself even think that, but it's definitely, I go back and forth and I feel a little nuts. Well, that's the, honest, that's the I, nurturing part of you that. that gets, you know, awakened, I guess. I always tell people like when I was, I didn't get married till I was my late twenties. And when I got married, I was like, man, I'm a selfish person. Like, you know, when you get married, they're like, all of a sudden, like, it's like, okay, like, it's not just about me anymore. And like your selfish tendencies start to come and you start realizing kind of sheds light on them. And then when you have kids, I was like, I'm a total scumbag, you know? Cause like, you're just like all, you know what I'm saying? It's amplified about like how I just hate to, like how selfish I am. And then like, this is the child that I've been entrusted to take care of. And it really shifts you as a person. And it, it, I don't know, for me, it's, it's, I think it's, it's a magical thing and it's, it's a blessing in my life, but um, it's definitely a character builder, isn't it? Oh my gosh. Yes. But anything else have so much more meaning. I was talking to somebody earlier today and he was saying like, how much he appreciates that we have remained authentic, even though we've become successful and it would be very easy for us to go like super cheesy with, you know, just fitness gimmicks or trying to sell stuff to our members that we don't actually believe in just to make more money or like super glossy fitness fits or whatever. 
And he was saying how much he appreciates that. And I was like, yeah, we could totally do that. But then I'd have to grow up with my sons seeing me do that and how that changes their perception of everything. And so they, they guide you to be a better person in so many ways. No question. I love it. So if somebody wants to sign up to be in street parking, like how do they find you guys? How do they go about this and getting started with their journey? Yeah. So you can find us at streetparking.com on Instagram. We're at street parking. Um, we have a Facebook page also that you could look at. Uh, you could check me out on Instagram. I'm at fearless Miranda and yeah, we'd love to, uh, get to know you guys and, and help you take control of your fitness. That's awesome. And I, I think this is a great, a great program. I love the heart of what you guys are doing and, and really the community you built and the, and the selfless nature of it. And so thank you so much for joining me today. This was fantastic. I really enjoyed connecting with you and thanks for sharing some, some really intimate details about your life. Yeah, no problem. If today's podcast enriched your life in any way, please support the blueprint by doing one of the following. If you're listening on an audio platform like Apple or Spotify, please subscribe. If you're listening on Apple, please leave us a five-star review and some feedback. Your feedback is tremendously valuable. And finally, if you watch us on YouTube, please leave us some feedback and also subscribe there. We'd love to know how we can improve the show and which topics you're loving. Thanks for joining me, and I look forward to engaging you across all of our platforms. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home on the web at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.